Welcome, fans. I'm your intrepid host, Elio, here with my fellow Droog, Ben. Ben, how are you? Uh, aside from very weirded out, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good. Whoa, what's wrong? Is there a problem? Well, uh, I'm not really a horror movie kind of fella, and you have me staring at Clockwork Orange artwork. Now, you've seen the movie poster, right? Yes. Now, because sometimes I don't know what to do when it's... Because I, because I take the background and I just use, like, the background, whatever. Like, if it's, like, fancy design or whatever, and I make my own. Right. But when there's a white poster, you really don't know what to do because nothing stands out. If, if you put a picture on a white background... You won't see anything. Right. So, I came up with that for Clockwork uh, Orange. Oh, that's your own handiwork. I yeah, that's see. Right. I didn't find I didn't find it online. I did that. Well, I, well, I must say you do a much better job with posters than the WWE uh, creative department does with their pay per view posters. <laughs> right. Uh, some of the posters are, uh, other posters are awful holy jeez so how's your week how's your week been well as I said before uh, we had to re-record this I've had a very interesting weekend or week in that uh, we've been having our kitchen remodeled and the project started uh, this week so um, it's been very slow and uh you know, just having half my downstairs inaccessible is very weird. And um, so it looks like we'll be suffering through that f- through the remainder of the year, possibly leaking into uh, the new year. But um, hopefully, at the, hopefully at the end of the day, it turns out good because uh, it sure is a pain in the ass right now. Right on. And now... I tell you, I saw a lot of great wrestling this week, and I'm not talking WWE, I'm talking Southwest Championship, big time wrestling from Detroit, Memphis. So, first of all, let's tell the fans what we have for them tonight, in addition to the regular shows. Of course, we have Raw, SmackDown, Rampage, and Dynamite. But we're going to have an extended time warp, because I figure these shows are so short that I can run through them, so I figure we can fit in more than just two. In addition to that, not only am I going to tell you the results, but you can actually get to hear clips from the end of the matches. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a nice little addition. So we are going to see action from the likes of newcomer to the Texas area, Shawn Michaels. Oh Lord! Now we're now we're getting into historical aspects, people. And of course, my co-host, very good friend, because for how much I brought the steam up, Ben feels like he already knows the guy. I'm talking about Scott Casey. Oh God, he's <laughs> Scott Casey is starting to get more shine on this show than Roman Reigns does on SmackDown on a weekly basis. I'm telling you, and. Big time wrestling. There's going to be one name that you're going to recognize a whole lot and you're going to become familiar with is Mark Lewin. Oh, Lord. 
Well, then I will mentally prepare myself. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, so, Ben, what do you say we get into this week in wrestling? Unfortunately. Uh, do I have to say you know what? You know what? You know what? These shows were bad. I'm not going to put our fans through excruciating full coverage. We're just going to do the highlights and lowlights. I'm not going to put my co-host through that pain, excruciating pain. Oh, thank you so much. Thank <laughs> so, you so much. Ben, why don't you wave the money at Raw? Of course. So, uh, Monday Night Raw came to us from the Golden One Center in Sacramento. And uh, as if as if we already couldn't care any less, it was the go-home show to the show that will never be named again on this podcast. No, we don't talk about that show. We, I, I talked about it some... Yes, on yesterday's show, and um, they even asked me if I'd seen it, and I told them, I told them right there on the air, I said, no, I did not watch this show at all. Well, th- that makes two of us, because I couldn't possibly care any less. Mm-hmm. So, I- um, to start with uh, highlights, uh, let me see if I can find one for you. Um, okay, here, here's one. Um, legitimately, uh, I enjoyed RKO versus or um, RK Bro against the Street Profits. Okay. Um, that wasn't too bad. I um, you know, and I was kind of pleasantly surprised because for some reason I expected them to break up the tag team at this godforsaken pay per view. Which I'm really glad they didn't do at this particular point because, um, you know, if we can get uh, enough compelling storyline uh, leading up to the Royal Rumble, I would be uh, I would be very uh, amenable to having RK Bro uh, break up at the Royal Rumble. Um, as a matter of fact, that is what I expect to happen. Um, unfortunately. Um, that is about the only highlight that I have uh, for this show. Um, the rest are all highlights. Yeah, because because it, you know the the all the ultimate low light has to be um, the uh, the all the Divas stuff, but especially with uh, Dewdrop and, uh, um, oh, God. Who did, who did Shayna Baszler? Yeah, I mean, the fact that Dewdrop beat Shayna Baszler. Wait, wait, did she, she beat Shayna Baszler, didn't she? Uh, I'm going to double check just to be safe because I can't believe no. it. Because because I'm looking at Pro Fight DB and it's saying Shayna Baszler defeated Dewdrop. Yeah, well that's what uh, that's what I'm seeing and and of all things that you can beat Shayna Baszler with, guess what she did it with? The uh oh sleeper hold. No, a roll up. Uh, that is the weakest uh, way to win a match. I hate when people use a roll guy, wrestlers use a roll up to win a match. That's that's yeah. the stupidest. Uh, no. 
Oh, oh, and then I do have to I do have to mention one other love light if I could. Okay. Um, we had a John Morrison meditation. What what are they doing? What is this new character they're giving him? What is this? I don't know. It's I stupid. It's stupid. Preach to the choir, my brother. Oh, yes, oh. you're exactly right. Speaking of John Morrison. Have you, well, I'm sure you've heard of, but have you seen anything, any of the celebrity Wheel of Fortune shows? No. I, because for some reason I had it recorded, I guess, uh, during the whole quarantine period, whatever, like, uh, you know, just a way to pass, like, a half hour at night, just watch Wheel of Fortune. Exactly. They, uh, so they had Celebrity Wheel of Fortune with Jason Alexander, of course, George Costanza and Seinfeld. On the same episode, they had The Miz. Oh, joy. Yeah. Man, man I, they, I, are, they are really screaming in the bottom of the barrel with these celebrity appearances, aren't they? I swear. I, know, I don't know if it's just me, but... Don't you... Do you find that The Miz is kind of, Comes off as kind of like fake when he's like interacting with people, like outside yeah. outside of wrestling, because yeah. on, on Wheel of Fortune he came off as so fake when he was interacting with Pat Sajak. Well, I think um, I think when WWE superstars um, appear on those types of things, they kind of stay in their wrestling characters. So in that. In that perspective, you know, I can't lay blame at the Miz's feet because I think that's the um No I but he was he he wasn't in character on Wheel of Fortune. Oh he wasn't? No, he was being Mike Mazanin. Oh god. Like and uh, Pat even called him Mike. Oh boy. Yeah. Well then that's something that I can't explain because you know, uh, one of one of the many things that annoys me um, about WWE, and trust me, people, it's a long list. Uh, you know, they they seem absolutely obsessed with garnering mainstream attention, and I just don't think that wrestling is built for the mainstream um, as a general rule. But certain certainly. Um, wrestling hasn't been relevant in the mainstream since the Monday Night Wars. Because that was the last time that, um, that wrestling was truly, uh, compelling in, in the national public eye. Okay, yeah, yeah, so it's just, um... I just found it to be very awkward that interaction. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, no, well. No, no. <laughs> so I saw uh, because you brought up John Morrison, so, so I thought I'd uh, bring that up. That like, I just watched it because I was trying to get rid of for, like a lot of stuff on my DVR. Yeah, well, uh, you so, know, anything to pass the time during Monday Night Raw. <laughs> right. This show is absolutely atrocious. Well, actually, this past Monday, uh, we didn't really uh, record a show. We just uh, recorded, like, a quick bumper. 
but I, I will uh, bring that up later. So let's go on now. Uh, let's get this crap. Uh, are you done with your low lights or? Uh, absolutely. Okay, I'm gonna get my low lights. I got Mansoor. Oh yeah, Mansoor. I'm gonna. That's one of my low lights. Shayna Baszler and uh, Piper Niven. Definitely, uh, Mace. I can't stand Mace. I don't know. I don't like. Yeah, it's it's not it's not connecting. Please give us Dominic Dijakovic back. Yes, and uh, my highlight. I'm gonna give my highlight. My highlight for, for this had to be Charlotte and Bianca Belair. That match, that match was wasn't bad. I I can I can understand that absolutely. Oh, um, I I have I have at the at the end of after we've done all the shows, Ben, I have the new PWI five hundred. That the new PWI magazine for January first, twenty twenty two. Oh, I'd be very interested to hear about and, that. Yes. And it's got the PWI women's one fifty list. Oh Lord! So yeah, this I definitely want to hear. So we're gonna go through the top ten because I want to know what you think of this name. Because a lot of these. Am I gonna be a very unhappy individual? I don't know because I don't. uh, Some of these names, a lot of the names beyond um, the top ten, I don't. I've never even heard of. Okay, well, I'd be very interested to take a look. So what do you want? Do you want to do like just the top ten, or how far do you want to go with the one fifty? Let's go top 20. Top 20. We can do top 20. All right. So that that's all I've got from my Rod, do you have anything else to add? Nope. Nope. Nice and easy breezy. Goodbye, Monday Night Raw. <laughs> we're not, not going to let our viewers suffer the indignity of Monday Night Raw for the second time less than a week. Absolutely. So now we are going to move on to Friday Night Smackdown. And Ben... <laughs> As bad as Monday Night Raw was, SmackDown. Uh, <laughs> you know this. This was the the new, the, the new SmackDown uh, post draft, right? Yeah. This was terrible. I don't know what they were. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you, do I don't know how three quarters of what gets on WWE television actually makes it past the cutting room floor, but nonetheless. Do you want to give your lowlights first? Actually, before before that, Tom, they had one dark match with Keith Lee, because I'm not going to call him Bearcat Lee, and they have him listed as such. It's Bearcat Lee defeating Drew Gulak in a dark match. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh my god, and they brought Aaliyah up to SmackDown, right? Yeah, they um they actually gave her promo time along with a bunch of the call ups. On the second dark match on SmackDown, Shotzi defeated Aaliyah. Oh god. What is going on? They're not going to start making her lose, are they? Like, this one has been around since 2012, 2013. Well, I hate to break it to you, but between Shotzi Blackheart and um, Aaliyah, it seems pretty obvious to me that Aaliyah would garner the short end of the stick because, now, this this was even more stupid, if you can believe this, 
You remember, you remember how they broke up Shachi and uh, Tegan Knox, right? Yeah. So now they've decided to have have uh, um, Shachi Blackheart turn heel. No. Yeah. I mean, can, can you believe the stupidity? Wait, 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 wait. Is if she is this uh, the first dark match that I'm looking at? Is this her as a heel, or is this still uh, a face? I think they turned her heel. I'm pretty sure. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm saying it's so sad to see like someone that's been in the system since 2012, 2013, and they've they've uh, not been given. A fair chance. Like, every time... Oh, yeah. They have every, nothing planned for her. I swear every, to God. Every time they have a Lee on TV, they make her lose. They bring her out to SmackDown. They uh, chop her out to Carmella. It's like, give her a chance. She's not bad. Especially no. when she was with uh, Vanessa Bourne. Well, Vanessa Bourne was absolutely yummy. Yeah, yeah, she was. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Um, okay, Ben, I know you haven't seen NXT for when since uh, the rebranding. Seriously, I suggest you at least watch one show just to, because give it a few months because these are all fresh names that we've never seen before. So. Oh it's, yeah, and, and speak, uh, not to not to cut you off. I sincerely apologize. It's interesting that you bring up uh, NXT because I have the the disheartening feeling that that Tommaso Ciampa is going to be dropping the belt to Braun Breaker. Well, you know what? I actually uh, don't have a problem with that because I, I I feel like uh, we could. Chapa's been there forever. It's it's time for him to like move up. Well, he, well, he he may very well move up from this current version of W of WWE NXT. But um, last time I last time I heard, he did not want to go to the main roster. No, I know that's what I'm, like, but I just, it's just. Time I understand like why he doesn't want to go to the main roster because he get lost in the shuffle up there. But I mean, uh, do you want to? Would you? Would you? Would you rather stay in NXT forever? Is that kind of like staying stuck in the same cycle? Well, Walter's doing the same thing on NXT UK. Yeah, well, but Walter's doesn't uh, want to like travel to the US, so. Yeah, he's another problem because um, if he if he were to win uh, the NXT championship, he would have to travel uh, back and forth. Or, yeah, you know. So I'm not sure what to say about Walter. So do you want to go with your first with your low 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 lights? Um. Yeah, and the ultimate low light um is the segment between. Uh, Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Oh, that was bad. Now, I, I read online uh, something about how they went off script or something. Yes. Um, well, first of all, they yeah. had a, what, what, um, what happened there? Because uh, I'm not sure. Where, where did that happen, the off script part? Well, apparently that was when, um, that was when Becky Lynch threw the title at Charlotte. 
And the, the t- both titles ended up hitting the floor. I thought it was uh, Charlotte that went off script, though. They were saying. It was, well, yeah, but both both of them, really, because, I mean, you could, you could hear even on air, you know, Sonya Deville was like, you know, pick it up. Um, yeah, I, I, I heard and I saw her look at Charlotte to pick up that belt. Yeah. Why would know, they do that? Well, the whole, apparently, uh, neither, um, neither woman was very happy with the idea of, of having the titles swapped, which, which quite frankly, I agree with them on. I think, I think the entire premise of a title swap without actually having earned said title is absolutely ridiculous. You see, uh, this, this is why Bianca Belair should have beat Charlotte for the Raw Women's Championship. Because then, or, we, then we didn't have to have this, uh, what we had on Friday. Well, exactly. And there was even another more compelling option, in, in my opinion, that could have also... Um, foregone all this bullshittery that we witnessed on uh, on Friday. See, all you have to do is have a unification match at um, Survivor Series, and then you only have one belt for the entire women's division, and that way, that way it it op- it opens up the the women's division to some new and fresh matches. And do away the stupid draft. Jeez. Well, well, let's let's be honest with you. For the for the last number of years, I would say since two thousand eight, the, the entire draft concept has been a waste of time. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, what's the point of having a draft if you're talking about unifying titles? Like, just, uh, WWE is doing so much backwards bullshit. Um, well, I 100% agree, and you know, um, this is this is certainly not the way to go for uh, compelling television. And that segment, in and of itself, made the women's division as a whole look absolutely terrible. I mean, you got titles being thrown on the floor, you, you got shouting matches happening backstage after the show. You have. Um, reportedly, you have Charlotte getting um, getting escorted out of the building. Um, you know, so it all the way around, it just it reeks of unprofessionalism from all parties involved. Now, I'm not going to go as far as to vilify either woman because I wasn't there and I'm, I'm not one of those uh, one of those IWC um, right fighters. I wasn't there. I didn't see it and therefore I'm not going to offer my opinion on it past um, what I saw in the ring. But what I saw in the ring um, indicates to me that no one gives a shit about the about the women's division. But get, given its current state, who would, really? Because, you know, when the women's uh, evolution got started, you know, you have to remember, fans were begging for this for a long time because we were we were well past the brawl and panties matches, the, 
you know, the paddle on a pole matches. Or yeah, that's so the, stupid. Whatever, whatever the hell. I mean, I mean, and then you started having, you know, classic matches such as Sasha Banks and Bailey at TakeOver at Brooklyn. Uh, that was so great. I loved that match. Oh, yeah. It, it, it will go down as one of my favorite matches of all time, to tell you the truth. Because that really, that match really showed what women were capable of doing from a wrestling perspective. That one and their second one. Well, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, and then, uh, you know, getting back to uh, SmackDown, the fact that you have to have um, Sasha Banks come out there just to clean up the mess of the segment um, is absolutely... Um, ridiculous. Now, oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry, I, I missed uh, the ending. I didn't see the ending. What did she, uh, Sasha do? Um, Sasha comes out and, and said to um, to Charlotte that whether you're the champion or not, I'm, I'm still I'm still the top woman on SmackDown. I still run this place, and and she's right because you know. Charlotte or uh, Sasha is the most relevant thing on either brand talking about the women's division. And she, th- this is what kind of, well, not kind of, it really irritates me because, you know, I, I really want to care about what the women are doing. Um, you know, I want to come on here and talk about how awesome, um, this women's division is, but I can't do that because they only focus on a handful of women and neglect the rest of them. You know, if you're not, if you're not Oscar or any of the four horsewomen, you're pretty much screwed on the WWE radar. Um, and I don't agree with that, but uh, you know, I think we're, I think we're getting past, um, the scope of this segment, but my my overall point is that you know if if this is indicative of where the um, women's division is going to be for the foreseeable future, then we are in some deep deep shit, people. Because as long as Johnny Laurinaitis has control of the women's division, we are absolutely screwed. And so, okay, uh, is that the only low light you have? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay, go on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go, no. go, go, go oh, ahead. You, you delightful, you delightfully naive son of a bitch. No. Um, no, I know you. I know that's only on low light. I just had to throw that out. Is that the only low light you have? But, no, no. Go ahead. So, so, Mansur versus Mustafa Ali. Oh, um, come on. Why the fuck are we seeing this again after Crown Jewel? That is my oh. question. Oh. Yes, we had a second match between these two individuals after Crown Jewel. I'm going I'm to have to, uh, oh, that's twice. Uh, yeah, that, and it was, it was terrible. 
Um, and then no, I, that's twice that you slipped up, sir, on this show. I slipped up. You said the forbidden name of oh. the of the show that shall not oh, be mentioned. Oh, 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 I'm I'm sorry. I. He <laughs> broke your own rule. Pardon me. <laughs> Good God. Uh, and then the other the other low light was the debut of Hit Row on SmackDown. Oh yeah, okay. That okay. was that was horrible. Then you know what, so, like so yeah. hold, hold, hold up. So you know you know how we both talked about um, how we like Isaiah Swerve Scott. Sure. Well, he's not going to be a focus in Hit Row. No, no, no. He's going to be. He's going to be on the tag team side of things with Ashanti the Adonis. And the singles push of everyone in top the, in, uh, in um, this, uh, yeah, in Hit Row is going to be top dollar. It's going to be a single push? Yes. What All the right. hell? Why? What the hell is he going good. on? He needs so much work. Uh, I know. I know. Oh. Seriously, I completely understand. No. Just because you're the host of WWE or whatever that uh, hidden, treasure, hidden show. treasure show doesn't mean you're a good in-ring worker. You have a lot to. You have a lot of improvement to make. Exactly, and to add a. What may be a world record in terms of a uh, in terms of a low light because I think we're up to three or four now. Jeez. Um, and by the way, I don't, I don't have to give my low lights because they're pretty much the same. Yes. Well, and I'll be I'll be interested to see if this was on your list as well because it certainly had my hackles up to say the very least. Okay. Happy Corbin. Scored a victory over Shinsuke Nakamura. How do you do that? How does that happen? <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm not very happy right now. I'm not either. I have to go back to the tag team match though because you know how I love doing my indie spotlight right. segment. The two opponents for Swerve and uh, Top Dollar. The first yeah. one was Dustin Lawyer. So, he's had two appearances on WWE. The first was on SmackDown this past Friday. The, the, well, the That was actually the second. The first time was on Monday Night Raw, June 17, 2019. He wrestled under the name Russ Taylor, and he lost to the Viking Raiders. Oh, God. His partner, Daniel Williams. All right, so this guy also WWE, but this past Friday was his only uh, match that I'm seeing in the company. He only had one match in WWE, and it was Friday night. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) I don't know where they get these guys from. This is just absolutely terrible. <laughs> That's so sad. I don't know where they get the findings. <laughs> no, but those are my... You know what? My highlight, if I had to give a highlight, actually I have one more to add. 
First of all, are you done with your low lights? Absolutely. Go ahead. I have one more low light to add, and that is Xavier Woods's coronation. Yeah, I can see that. Because he even said like he doesn't think that like his his antics are like goofy at all. Well, you might not think that they're goofy, but we do. It's not funny to us. Yeah, I, I, you know what, and and I take nothing away from Xavier Woods. You know, if 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 winning the the King of the Ring tournament means something to him, because um, because that's what helps make him a fan of wrestling. And I'm not going to be an asshole on here and, and tell him that it doesn't mean anything. Um, you know, good for you. Um, you know, I, I hate to break it to him in saying that, uh, you know, the, the way that both the King of the Ring uh, and, and Queen's Crown Tournament were uh, presented on television um, uh, makes, makes these victories for Xavier Woods and Selena Vega completely meaningless because the only compelling match we had um, in in both tournaments combined was the finals match between Xavier Woods and Finn Bauer. And, you know, you know, say, say what you want. I may very well be in the minority here, but I'm just going to go um, and put this out there. I much rather would have seen Finn Balor um, win the King of the Ring. I think it would have done much more for him. Thank you. Than, I, I it, think than it did ben, for Xavier Woods. Ben. Yeah. And think about this: from a prince, he would have been a king. So yeah, and from that perspective, it would have made sense. It writes itself. This stuff does. And and it, by by giving the crown to Finn Balor, it would have added some prestige to uh, the King of the Ring tournament, which it hasn't had in a, in a long, long time. Because let's be honest, Finn Balor is much more high up on the card and much more important to the card than Xavier Woods is. So both of the d- decisions that were made in the um, in the King of the Ring tournament and the Queen's Crown were just way off. You know, we were messaging back and forth earlier, and you said, did the right people win, uh, you know, the King and Queen's uh, tournament? And on both fronts, I'd have to say no. The fact that Selena Vega is the Queen of the Ring is a fucking joke. The, and I, I looked this up. Not one single match of the Queen's Crown Tournament, keep in mind this was the inaugural tournament for Queen of the Ring, or uh, Queen's Crown Tournament, excuse me. Uh, not one single match surpassed the three-minute mark. Um, Lena Vega is not a full-time wrestler. She's barely a wrestler as it is. Uh, the last time I saw her in the ring on a semi-consistent basis, she was in TNA. Mm-hmm. Um, before before she left uh, WWE um, for getting fired for the Twitch slash OnlyFans business, 
Um, she was uh, she was given a one title opportunity, I believe, against uh, Charlotte Flair, if I'm not mistaken. But um, but other than that, she has accomplished. And, and trust me, I don't say this with any venom towards Selena Vega, the person. I'm just talking about booking on TV. Um, but the way that she's been booked on TV does does not warrant her winning the, the Queen's Crown tournament at all. And if you wanted this tournament to mean anything, you completely fucked that up from the get-go when you didn't have one single match surpass three minutes. I mean, how is anybody supposed to take that seriously? So, you know, it didn't advance anybody's career. It didn't do anything for anybody other than make all the participants look stupid. I mean, and to me, you don't even have to look at the the final match. Just look at the fact that Dewdrop beat Shayna Baszler. That's all I need to know. Because it was Dewdrop was in the final, right? I mean, Piper Niven was in the final, right? Uh, no, she was uh, she was in the semifinal, not the final. Wait, oh, who who who's in the final again? I don't even. It was that. um. Oh, oh oh oh! Actually, you're you're right. It was um, it was Selena Vega versus Dewdrop in the finals. But that doesn't make sense because Shane, it says Shayna Baszler beat Piper Niven. So how does she make it to the finals? I don't understand this. I I don't I couldn't tell you. you know? I'm confused. Maybe trying trying to <laughs> trying to make sense of this whole situation is is like trying oh. to make trying to make the argument that candy corn is better than Reese's Pieces. You're not going to make that argument. No, it's not. Reese's Pieces is ten times better. Well, it's a thousand times better. I I agree, but I'm just saying you can't make you can't make this argument. This is why I watch real wrestling every week. You know, I'm talking I'm not talking about WWE. I'm talking about real wrestling. Okay, from like the eighties and seventies. That yeah, was and, fun. Um, that was fun, and that's some real storytelling. And uh, Ring of Honor has been putting on some pretty good shit lately. I've gone back into Ring of Honor. Oh, okay. Oh, wow, cool. All right, I guess are we done with SmackDown? Yes. All right, Ben, let's go on a rampage here. What well, do we have? actually, actually, Rampage was the highlight of my wrestling week, to tell you the truth. Um, okay. So the the so first ben, minute, ben, ben. Yeah. Before you go on, um, I'm gonna just go and grab my cord out here while you're doing the report. Okay, cool. I'll be right so, back. So the while my co-host steps aside, um, the first match on uh, this this week's rampage was Orange Cassidy versus. Powerhouse Hobbs, and it looked to me um, as if um, as if Powerhouse Hobbs was was set to take the easy victory, but um, but the match uh, ended um, after um, after um, 
Hobbs get, got distracted by um, by some outside um, interference from Hobbs um, because uh, hold on, I'm just trying to get this right. So Cassidy hit the orange punch or goes for the orange punch, excuse me, but Hobbs catches him and drives him in the corner. Uh, he steps out and uh, and goes for a splash. The ref yells at him weirdly uh, for sitting in the corner. This this whole confrontation that Hobbs uh, had with the ref, which led to um, Hook getting involved, all of this was a distraction enough for uh, for um, Cassidy to come up from behind with the dreaded roll-up for a 1-2-3 victory. Um, so what what started out as a, as a pretty decent match um, took took a drastic downfall with um, with Cassidy beating uh, Hobbs. Now I, now I know that Hobbs was booked to look strong this entire match and I appreciate that. Um, but there is no way that in a world title eliminate, eliminator tournament that Orange Cassidy should be getting a victory over over Powerhouse Hobbs because you know okay I understand Cassidy is popular but there's no way that I can buy him beating um, beating Powerhouse Hobbs and on top of this, you make uh, Team Taz look like a bunch of bumbling morons because they're getting involved for n- almost no reason whatsoever. All they have to do is hop back off the apron, and then the ref has his full attention on um, Hobbs and Cassidy, and then Hobbs can finish off the job and whoop Cassidy's ass. It's not that hard. Um, and, and, you know, granted, I will fully admit to you that I am not an Orange Cassidy fan at all. I understand I understand that he's a phenomenal wrestler if he can do what he can do with his hands in his pockets. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking, like, Gimmick-wise, I'm just not interested in Orange Cassidy. You don't book him as a serious competitor. Um, and the fact that he got the win of any sort over Powerhouse House, but as I said, especially in the context of a world title eliminator tournament, to me, that automatically um, sets this entire tournament behind the eight ball in terms of being taken seriously, and um, and, he, and you know the, the the other thing, and I know I just said this, but it, it, it bears repeating: you have made Team Taz look stupid on so many occasions that it's not. To me, I'm beginning to question if they're even effective as a um, as a unit, and you know maybe it's just me, but. Hobbs looks like a teenage boy <laughs> in there with with Hobbs and Sarks. You know, he he looks like 
he looks like starts his little brother or some shit that wants to tag along to karate class. <laughs> karate class. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I'm just not interested in, in, in anything, especially if it's going to lead to Orange Cassidy, of all people, getting the victory over Powerhouse Hops. Ben, so, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm confused by the next match. Anna Jade versus Dr. Britt Baker DMV. What confuses you? It's is it, it's supposed to be for the women's championship, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because I'm looking over here, it says for the Bang TV World Heavyweight Title. No, 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 no. It was it was sort of a tournament on for the TBS for the TBS women's title. Oh, okay. Well, no, I'm I'm looking. At it has it listed here as the Bang? Well, that's fucking weird. I've never heard of the Bang. <laughs> never. Unless you're unless you're talking about the soda. So so they're having a women's uh, TBS television title or something as well. Yeah, uh, that's what this tournament is. Okay, well I, I got uh, for my the low light I got is freaking the the promo with Andrade, but the highlight is the match that him and Park had. Yeah, yeah, my highlight absolutely goes to Park versus Andrade. I mean, to me, this was, this was, I believe, the best match that AEW has put on television, period, uh, since their inception. Um, this was absolutely great. All right. So, uh, is there any more, or is that it for Rampage? No, that's it. All right, let's move on to Saturday Night Dynamite. Ben, I hope this is the last Saturday Night Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they made it very clear that they were moving back to Wednesday starting next week. Please. <laughs> okay, uh, let's start with you. What do you got for highlights? Um, I don't have Dynamite up. Let me see. Okay, because oh, um, I have it in front of me. I have the lineup in front of me. Yeah, give, give yours and I'll go grab it. All right, so I'm for me, um, I'm going to give it to Cody Rhodes and Malachi Black. Uh, even though Cody Rhodes is the one, but uh, I, I like Malachi Black. Yeah, I mean, I was, I honestly... I'm confused by this whole um, situation between Malachi and uh, Cody Rhodes. And, and what confused me even more, this is really weird. The opening match was Brian Danielson defeating Dustin Rhodes, but the uh, main event was Cody, Ro- Cody Rhodes defeating Malachi Black. Why would they bookend the show with the Rhodes? Well... Well, you know, to me it made perfect sense for uh, for Daniel Bryan to beat um, uh, to beat um, Dustin Rose. No, I get that. I'm saying, why would you bookend a show with both roads? Well, I'm not. I'm not sure they did that on purpose. I think that's just how oh. the card 
um, shaped out. But um, for me, the low light was um, was Bobby Fish versus Anthony Green. Uh, this sets up a match between Bobby Fish and uh, CM Punk, which I'm not really interested in, despite the fact that I know it's going to be a good match. Um, because, um, well, first of all, let me explain how CM Punk got involved in this whole situation. So Bobby Fish, out of nowhere, decided to turn heel. Um, <laughs> what? Because um, after he after he defeated Anthony Green, he started beating the shit out of him uh, post-match. And out comes uh, Punk to make the save on Anthony Green to, to get in the face of Bobby Fish to set up a future match between Punk and Fish. Um, which... Which to me, look, I'm glad that uh, Bobby Fish got signed by AEW. He deserves it. He deserves the spotlight. He is a badass professional wrestler. Um, I would rather see a younger um, individual get the opportunity against Punk. Um, you know, I, I like I like the opponents that have been matched with Punk so far. Uh, it, both in terms of um, Powerhouse Hobbs and um, Daniel Garcia and a couple other ones. Uh, you know, his, his first match, I believe, was against uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. Who, Punk? Yeah. I know, his first match was Darby Allen. Oh, oh, duh! I'm so stupid. Yes, um, but it just um, it just seems random to me that uh, that um, it would be Punk versus Fish. That was very strange. And then, can we please, for the sweet love of everything holy, stop? This thing with the inner circle and American top team. Nobody. Terrible, terrible. Nobody gives a single fuck about American top team within the context of professional wrestling. Fighting, it's a completely different story. In the octagon, these motherfuckers are badass. Jorge Masvidal, you know, Junior Dos Santos. And all those other guys they have with them are badass. But please, 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 please get it off of TV now. <laughs> because the only one that's garnering my attention is Dan Lambert. <laughs> well, I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> How does that help anybody putting Dan Lambert over on AEW television? Somebody has to explain that shit to me. Um, you know, and, and then Jungle Boy against Brandon Cutler. What the fuck was that? Oh, I do not like Brandon Cutler at all. 
And then the only the only thing this entire match set up was uh, was a beat down on Jungle Boy by um by the rest of the um but by the rest of the elite, including Aaron Cole and the Young Bucks. You know, I what the fuck was was the purpose of that? So uh, you know, and then the main event was was really good, um, but I'm I'm really not. I'm really not sure um, the the point of having Cody win uh, th- at this point. You know, I understand that this was a trilogy, but if you're going to have this ending, um, you know, at least put the end of the trilogy on pay-per-view. And, and, and if I have anything to say about it, Malachi Black is going to win the feud overall. So... You know, I'm not sure why Cody Rhodes uh, needs this victory when he's when he's already coming off like a like a um, um, like a uh, part time guy with all the other shit that he has going on. All right, um, yeah, the, my low light for me had to be the Penelope Ford Ruby Soho match. Yeah, I can see that. All right. Other than that, uh, that's all the shows for the week. Uh, do we have anything else uh, for? Nope. All right. So, Ben, I watched a couple of movies this past week because we're in the Halloween season. So I'm, I'm like, I'm. One of my favorite channels is uh, is Turner Classics. So I've been watching a whole bunch of Boris Karloff movies. Oh, you can't go wrong with Boris Karloff. And now this one, the first one I have is called is called Bedlam. It's about like um, it's from uh, nineteen forty six, I believe it is. Called Bedlam. Okay. Oh God, you you've been you've been uh, spying on my um on my Xbox play, haven't you? How uh, how do you mean? I'm I'm known as Bedlam P twenty six on Xbox. <laughs> okay, I did not know that. <laughs> so so this one basically. So the synopsis reads. Neil Bowen, which I guess is, Neil Bowen, which is a, one of the patients in the movie, wants to help change the conditions of notorious St. Mary's of Bethlehem Asylum, known as Bedlam. And uh, after, and uh, soon after, she is sent there by Master Sims, who is played by Karloff. Oh, very nice. Then the second one I saw was The Body Snatcher, which was uh, basically um, a take uh, a take on um, the Birkin Hare story where there are two, two grave robbers going around uh, digging up graves and uh, digging up bodies for like science experiments. Oh God, sounds, sounds like a remake of Frankenstein. <laughs> 
The third one is called Isle of the Dead, which is a group of uh, people on an island that have been quarantined due to an infection, and one of them, and one of them is rumored to be a vampire. Of course. Then we have this, the, the seventh victim. This is a completely different one where this woman's sister mysteriously disappears. She hires a detective and soon thereafter suspects that she, that her sister was a victim of a satanic cult in underground New York City. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and then, okay, my dad, okay, my dad wants to sit down with me and uh, watch this movie because I told him that every time I bring up Dracula or vampires, he's like, yeah, put it on. So we sat down and we watched Dracula 1972 AD with Christopher Lee. Oh, that had to be a good one. It, it was interesting. I'll say it's like Dracula running rampant in uh, 1972 London, England. That sounds awesome to me. <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't bad, I gotta say. So that's still the movie list. But um, I gave you an assignment this past week. But I have a question first. You said um, you don't have Tubi. How do you mean you don't have Tubi anymore? Well, it, it's weird that you should say that because I tried like hell to, to get Tubi. Because it wasn't making a lot of sense to me that I didn't have it. Because not too long ago, during the height of the pandemic, I was I was using Tubi to watch movies. Um, and, and then the first time I tried to access 350 Days, um, which was the documentary you told me to watch, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't I couldn't access Tubi at all. And then, and then the second, the, the where I went to restart um, uh, 350 days because I I kind of watched it in, in sections. So the the next day when I went to um, type it into the search engine, it didn't come up on uh, on Amazon Prime first. It came up on Tubi. So now Tubi has magically reappeared on my on my television wow okay uh and well well i found it very odd um because i couldn't find it to save my life the first time um but uh long story short i ended up catching 350 days in full okay And uh, so we're see into that because I want to know what you thought because I thought it was one of the best documentaries I've seen. Yeah, um, I, w- I would have to agree with you on that one in, in terms of saying it gave a much more balanced picture of life on the road, I felt like. Wrestling's, um, wrestling's fake. Try telling that to these guys. And, um, uh, no, no, thank you. Yeah, uh, watch that documentary. Next time you want to say that it's fake, watch that documentary, then come and talk to us. Well, no, and, and seriously, if, if anyone listening to this, well, per, first of all, if you're listening to this, that means you're a wrestling fan, so you don't think wrestling is fake. But if anyone out there um, does, 
another place you need to come is with me in West Virginia to, to the Elite Pro Wrestling Alliance because uh, those people will tell you that it's not. And if you want to go train with them, uh, you're you're more than welcome to do so. Because you know, and I always get so heated when when I when I hear the argument that wrestling is fake. Um, and that was one of the, and that was one of the major uh, talking points in this documentary. And of course, all the wrestlers were like, "Oh, that's ridiculous! Just come train with me, and you'll you'll figure it out." You know, because I don't think there's any other profession on earth where someone's livelihood can be insulted by calling it fake. Um, so that always pissed me off. Uh, even even more so now that I have so many dear friends on the independent circuit, um, because I have I've had one friend tear his ACL at my feet, literally less than less than five inches in front of my feet, uh, because he um, he he failed to clear the rope on a suicide dive attempt and tore his. ACL on, on the hardwood floor in the gym. Oh, wow. Um, another guy, an, a, another uh, very good friend of mine, uh, got his head cracked with a kendo stick and, and ended with a um, with a tumor that had to be, be surgically removed oh. as a result. Um, so, so anyone that makes that argument... Um, in front of me uh, can go fuck themselves, and, and that um, that was pretty much the summation of what the wrestlers had to say as well. Um, but let's get let, let's get back into the larger picture of this documentary. So the first thing that caught my mind, that caught my eye, was the fact that this was released in 2018 yep. but yet it had to have been in production for a long time prior to that of at least four years and the reason why I say that is because one of the participants in the documentary was Ox Baker and um, he died in uh, I love Ox Baker well yeah I, I got a huge kick out of him um, but he died in 2014, and that was in this uh, documentary that was released in 2018. So this had to be um, in the works for quite a long time. And one of one of the things that I really respected about this documentary in particular was a lot of the participants um, were individuals that you don't often see in uh, – wrestling productions. You know, they had a lot of uh, not so well-known individuals uh, talking about um, life on the road in wrestling. And it's one thing to get a star's perspective on it, and they had that too, you know, because Bret Hart was in it and um, several other uh, well-known individuals. And... um, Bret Hart came off as bitter as ever. Um, I'm sorry, I'm a Bret Hart fan, but that, that guy is so is always so miserable in interviews. 
He like um, he's always so angry and bitter and upset in interviews. Well, and, and part of me can understand that with with the background that he has. Yeah. But it's just every single time he speaks, it's like. But that's what I'm saying. Like I, I get that. Like you, like everything he went through that year. You're angry. You're upset. But in every interview, come on. Uh, yeah, and which takes nothing away from Bret Hart. I mean, he's an absolute legend in this business. I understand that, but it's just it's kind of hard to take him seriously when it when it's just you know down in the dumps all the time. Um, and um, but uh, yeah, I uh, I really respected how well rounded this documentary was. In terms of telling the truth about um, life on the road, um, and just how diff- difficult it really is, because 350 days away from your family a year—I mean, how does anybody do that? Um, you know, and and it's it's stuff like that. Like I said, when people say that wrestling's fake and blah blah blah. I want to punch them in the motherfucking face. I do. do. Because, you know, not only have I been a fan of it for so incredibly long, longer than I care to admit, because I can't believe I've been alive that long. Um, But it's just... um, But it's astonishing to me because people don't call movies fake. People don't don't call... um, you know, acting fake, but yet they want to call professional wrestling fake. And I just don't understand that. Um, and I don't think, I don't think I ever will. Um, but, but if you want to, uh, see a documentary that really, uh, shines a different kind of lens on the life on the road in wrestling, I highly recommend um, 350 days because I think it I think it is a much different take than you would typically see on a on a wrestling documentary. This is this is not uh, 1999's Beyond the Mat. Uh, this that, is that one was kind of hard to watch. I, I but it was kind of slow moving. Yeah. You know, this is not a movie like, you know, The Wrestler. Um, this is not a, like a WWE-produced um, documentary at all. Um, this was something very different and very refreshing. Um, so if you uh, if you want to check that out, it is available on Tubi and Amazon Prime. And all you have to do is type in 350 Days Documentary. And you're and you're good to go, and it's it's a shade under two hours, but definitely worth your time. Then did you do what I, did you do what I told you? Just type in the word wrestling in the search box on Tubi. No, that's one thing I forgot to do. Do do that. You're gonna see how many freaking wrestling movies and uh, documentaries come up. I can't believe how much stuff is on Tubi under wrestling. They have, they, have, they, have, they have MJF, they have Athena, better known as Ember Moon, they have um, the Young Bucks, they have Joey Janela, they have um, Women's Extreme Wrestling, they have Combat Zone, 
Did I ever tell you my combat zone wrestling story? I don't think you did. What? What? Which one was that? So I, so I was famous for going to Blockbuster or whatever. Um, you know, a uh, movie store was available at the time, and, and oh, Reggie, those days. <laughs> yeah, they, they were great, and we're we're aging ourselves. We don't understand it. I, yes, I was around when Blockbuster was around. Yes, and I I would just spend a half an hour at least selecting whatever wrestling DVD I was going to watch. <laughs> and, um, you know, on one such occasion, I ran across Combat Zone Wrestling, and I did not know what it was. But being that it was something I'd never heard of, and it was wrestling, I gravitated toward it, and I decided to check it out. Well, I, I'm kind of still regretting the fact that I checked that out because I almost lost my lunch. Whoa. Uh, suffice to say, it didn't last very long. And no, I was not banned from watching it for my mother. It was me that turned it off less than five minutes after I turned it on because it was so incredibly disgusting to me. Now, now Ben? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you just told me that comments on wrestling, sorry. Okay, but um, last night I was watching um, the video on Athena Ember Moon. Yeah, she she now she was going by Athena War Goddess in Combat Zone. One match I was watching that I really enjoyed was Athena versus Hanaya the Hun- the Huntress from September of 2015. They had. An, um, unbalanced rules, or uh, like a no rules, no disqualification uh, match. Actually, let me look it up. Give me a minute. Um, we'll be right back. And oh. All right, Ben. So, I found the match that I was talking about. This is Athena versus Hanai, the Howling Huntress, in an uncensored rules match that took place at WSU Excellence 2 on September 12th, 2015. Well, is, so I know, I know you you don't watch Combat Zone, but this is a Combat Zone match, but it wasn't bad. I enjoyed this one. It wasn't all violence and bloody and no, there, light tubes not, and shit. Actually, actually, there was no blood. Uh, there was, the, the only thing they used was chairs, which, and uh, the rules in this uncensored rules match uh, did not apply to Athena because she got disqualified when Hanaya uh, pulled the, the Eddie Guerrero spot where she threw the steel chair at Athena and... And uh, she fell down to make it look like Athena hit her with a chair. Oh, yeah, that's a, such a classic spot. So that, yeah. But uh, I found that match entertaining. That was very good. All right, but um, from there, now that we've covered um, 350 days, Ben, I was, I have the Hoopla Digital Library on my phone. So, if I want to books or audio books or CDs, 
I just go into my digital app and I get it. Oh, other, very good. The other day, I found, because I get notifications on my phone about new arrivals, I picked up the Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine for January 1st, 2022. Oh, yes, I want to hear about this. And this is not your ordinary PWI issue. This is the PWI Women's 150. I'm wondering if I'm going to be a very pissed off individual. Oh, well, we will find out the, um, right now. Okay, so we said we're going to cover the top 20. Is that right? Right. All right, so are you ready to, for this list? Yes, sir. At number 20, we have Tsukasa Fujimoto. Now, this is, um, she's from Stardom, so I don't even know the name. No, I don't either. At 19, we have Giselle Shaw, Filipino-Canadian wrestler uh, on the UK indie scene. and She's been in progress wrestling and trained by Lance Storm. Okay, well then you know she's got to be good. At 18, we have Trish Adora. Okay. Uh, she was. I don't know if you've heard of that name. Yes, I have. All right. Seven, at 17, we have Kaylee Ray. Oh, that might be a little bit low. <laughs> at 16, we have Julia, a standout of stardom. Okay. Some weird name to have. At number 15, Charlotte Flair. Okay, well, well, okay, I have to applaud that because I thought for sure she would be in the top 10 because every wrestling publication slash company seems intent on kissing Charlotte Flair's ass. So the fact that she didn't make it makes me very happy. At number 14, Asuka. Okay. At number 13, Hikaru Shida. Well, I, I, I understand that. I'm actually surprised Asuka was on the list considering that she's been MIA for the majority of the year. At number 12, Rhea Ripley. Uh, oh, I disagree with that entirely. At she number, should, she sorry? should be nowhere near the top 20, let alone the top 50. At number 11, Serena Deeb. I agree with that. And now we move to the top 10. Okay. Number 10, Raquel Gonzalez. I can dig that. So far, I'm, I mean, not to jinx myself, but so far, I'm not too angry. Number 9, Tam Nakano. Never heard of her. Um, she's uh, basically uh, a wrestler from World Wonder Ring Stardom. It's a Japanese promotion, women's promotion. And number eight, Io Shirai. Ugh, that might be a little bit low for Io Shirai. And number seven, Sayuri, another uh, Japanese wrestler from Stardom. Okay. And number six, Sasha Banks. 
Uh, that might be a little bit, a little bit too low for Miss Banks. Here are the top five. Okay. And number five, Thunder Rosa. I can dig that. I respect that. Number four, Britt Baker. Yep, I agree. Number three, Deanna Brock. Sorry. I mean, I mean, I would, I would put Thunder Rosa above Britt Baker by a spot, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna nitpick. And number three, Deanna Prazo. Okay, I get it. At number two, you taught me Hayashishida. I don't know who that is. Another stardom wrestler. Good lord, stardom's showing out. And the number one ranked PWI 150, Bianca Belair. I agree. I absolutely agree. So that is uh, your... PWA 150, well, the top 20 anyways. Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch is at number 34. Well, well you, have to keep, you have to keep in mind that she was out for the majority of the year with being pregnant. But a lot of the names on here I don't recognize because there are a lot of Japanese uh, women wrestlers. Because well, stardom, I, stardom is like, uh, stardom is pretty big. Well, I can I can respect that because a lot of a lot of times with these publications, you only get the stuff from the well known American companies. So the fact that, that this was a little bit different was a little bit refreshing. All right, now Ben from Raw and SmackDown, we're gonna go into time warp mode. Oh Lord. Scott Casey, here we come. Have no fear. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna start. Well, you have it's, your, a, it's a bird. It's it, here's your here's the title for you for this episode. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Scott Casey again. <laughs> well, um, okay. Here's your choice. Well, where where we can start? We can go Memphis, Detroit, or Texas. Let's go Detroit. Detroit. Okay. We are... And now, Ben, like I was telling you earlier, you are not only going to hear... You are not only going to know the winner of the match, but you're also going to hear clips from the ending of the matches. Cool. So, let me... Give me a minute here to uh, pull up the audio. Alright, so here we go. In the first match, it was Mark Lewin defeating Ox Baker with a sleeper hold. Alright. So Mark Lewin defeats Ox Baker with hair, mind you. This was Ox. This wasn't the Ox Baker we know. <laughs> his his eyebrows were trimmed. Oh my! <laughs> oh, sorry. Going back to 350 days for a minute. Did you? 
You know what? I, I loved it, that segment with Ox Baker cooking. Yeah. That was fun. That was cool. I, I, that, I, was, that was hilarious. In the next match, we had Dory Funk Jr. defeating Eddie Alvers. So Dory Funk Jr. defeats Eddie Alvarez with an elbow smash. I don't know if I've ever heard of Eddie Alvarez. No, this was in the 1970s. Even I have never heard of the Eddie Alvarez. So I'm see, I'm just like you. That's why I, uh, that's why I'm like I put the audio in as well. So in the next match, we had the Sheik, the original Sheik. Accompanied by manager Eddie the Brain Creechman, and he brutalized Sailor Art Thomas. First from Puerto Rico, weighing 225 pounds, Blackie Guzman. And his opponent from St. Louis, Missouri, weighing 303 pounds, Big Ox Baker. So we had Ox Baker defeating Blackie Guzman. Very nice. And in the next match, it was six-man tag team action. Nelson Royal, a little help from his friends. The winners of this tag team match, the combination of Captain Ed George, Harris Martinez, and Nelson Royal. Exciting. Super action. So that was Luis Martinez, Nelson Royal, and Ed... George defeating Johnny Davis, Magnificent Zulu, and Don Kent. Okay, very cool. In the next one, we had... Here we go. We have Dick the Bruiser in, in the following match. defeats Gary Fargo. And then we had the Sheik defeating Don Red Cloud with a camel clutch. Can't get in the boat. He's standing ringside right looking Cloud. on. Sheik looking at Strongbow. Look at the look on the Sheik's face. He doesn't like the fact that Strongbow's there. And there's Strongbow ringside. Strongbow would love to get in there with the Sheik. And it looks like that's all the time we're going to have, fans. So we'll be back. So Sheik defeats Don Red Cloud with the camel clutch. And it's not the Iron Sheik. This is the original Sheik. No, I, I, I know that. 
And then we had your friend Mark Lewin defeating Malcolm Monroe with a sleeper hold. Then we have. I, I like these audio clips. I'm, I'm giving you a kick out of these. Then we have a, a, kind of like a high package of the Mark Lewin Don Kent feud. Which didn't really do, do much. And the final match on this week's Big Time Wrestling. Was a shark cage match. Oh Lord! Now Ben, do you know where a shark cage match is? Yes. Yeah, have you seen one? Yes. How can two wrestlers fit inside a shark cage? I don't know. I asked myself the same question before James Ellsworth lose himself up to get one to get himself out of the shark so cage. So we had Chief Chase. Strongbow defeating Don Kent inside the shark cage. Oh, they were inside the shark cage. Yes, sir. Well, damn, that's pretty damn impossible. And Worldwide Sports presents America's number one spectator sport, Big Time Wrestling. So, so they had both Chief J. Strongbow and Don Kent inside the shark cage. Oh God! The shark that cage, right, the shark cage was right in the middle of the ring. That of course, had to be a tight fit. Mark Lewin ran out and attacked Don Kent, so he got involved in the match as well. But it, <laughs> Strongbow still managed to defeat uh, Don Kent. All right, so that is Big Time Wrestling from Detroit. And next, where do you want, where should we go next? Memphis or? Let's go Texas. Let's go Texas. And let me see if I have any old uh, Texas one that we saw done. You know what? I sh- we should clear uh, the ones I have on my iPad. So... For these ones, we don't have any audio clips because I did this before I tried doing this. So here we go with the first one. In the first match, uh, actually, we will be right back. All right, Ben. So our first match for Southwest, we have Armando Guerrero defeating El Santo Negro. I'll tell you, some of these names just, you know, they're funny to me. In the next match, we had Luke Williams in tag team action versus the Midnight Express. I'm, I'm sorry, who was in action against the Midnight Express? Luke Williams. I didn't get the, I didn't get his uh, partner's name at the moment, at the time. Then we had Tiger. Sorry, Ugh, nothing. I I I had a shiver. Oh, 
Then we had Tiger Conway Jr. defeating Sweet Brown Sugar, Scott Casey, Bob <laughs> Sweeten. <laughs> Sweet Brown Sugar and Bob Sweet, my lord. And we had Ali Bay versus the Ninja Warrior. Then we have Buddy Marino defeating Roger Hatfield, and Eric Embry defeated Randy Haskins. Good lord. Embry and, uh... Some of these these names are coming up with regularity now. You know what? Let's stay with this uh, Southwest, because this last one is the final one I have on, on my iPad. Cool. So the next show... For Southwest, we had Ken Lucas and Ricky Morton defeating Kenny Wayne and Renee Boyer. Wow. Or Boyer. And we had Tom Jones defeating Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Really? Tom Jones? (laughs) (laughs) Right? What's going on? Good God. And then we had Bob Sweet and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Bruiser Brody and Dick Slater... Uh, cutting a promo on Brody's eye injury. Then we had Tully Blanchard defeating Terry Gibbs. And the final match, Chavo Guerrero defeating El Lobo. Defeating who? El Lobo. Oh, Lord. The Wolf. Oh. <laughs> Alright, then, uh... We have, the final one that we have is uh, more Southwest action. So give me a minute, I will bring up the audio. (coughs) Alright Ben, this is the last one. Southwest Championship, alright? And this one starts out with an Alma Drill interview. Have you ever heard of Alma Drill? No. Alright. Today. I agree. In the opening match, we have Shawn Michaels defeating El Tejano. That's what you get, motherfucker. <laughs> Shawn Michaels, as Michaels is going to make his way up here now, 
And the Almadrill will step aside for just a moment as Jose Lothario and Shawn Michaels come out. What an exciting match that was as Shawn Michaels makes his way in. Shawn, welcome to Texas All-Star Wrestling. Welcome back home. Thank you all. This is great. I've been waiting for this ever since I started wrestling. I went out. I was trained by the best wrestler there is. The greatest Mexican wrestler of all time, Jose Lothario. Uh, he sent me out. I've been to Mid-South. I've been to St. Louis, Japan. And now I was ready to come back to Texas and prove to these people that I can contend with people like Al Madrill, Chavo Guerrero, and all the rest. Sean, you got a great reception as you stepped out of the dressing room tonight. All those people on the other side, they got the banners, they got the oh, plate yeah. and and I know that makes you feel good. It makes me feel good. This is, this is a dream come true. I'm so happy. It's so great to be home. Texas has filled me full of pride. I hope that these people can take pride in me now. Now you got to worry. Of course, you mentioned Chavo Guerrero now. That was the Shawn Michaels interview. <laughs> That's awesome. And we have another interview after that. With <laughs> Tully Blanchard. Very cool. Well, I don't think we need to play that one. I mean, it might get a little long in the tooth. Uh, so the, in the next, okay, the next second match, we had David Von Eric defeating Bill Radke with the sleeper hold. And you, 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 almost, you almost forget with how uh, generic the sleeper hold is nowadays, how lethal it was back in the day. Next, after that, we had Rocky Johnson defeating Leo Sykes with a backslide. Very cool. And a backslide. Following that, we have an interview with Cowboy Bob Ellis and the Von Erics. Yeah, which uh, the interviews are kind of long, so we're not going to play that. I just wanted to test that out. Yeah, well, and, and the one we played was Shawn Michaels. So Come on, I, you, you, can't, you, you had to play that you, one. You, you can't do that, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Then we had Jose Lothario defeating Gene Stevens. And Jose stops with a knee lift and high ho and he pops into him. And a three count by Jose Lothario and a winner here, the great star, the Caribbean champion. Hey, we're gonna Then we had an interview with Wahoo McDaniel, followed by Tully Blanchard defeated El Tejano with a body slam. Tully picks him up by his hair. Look out, look out. There's it again. Over he goes and slams him down. Two, three, that's it. Slams him full body into the ring. And the winner, ladies and gentlemen, the former Southwest champion, 245 pound, Tully Blanchard. It's hard to imagine Tully Blanchard as a singles competitor. 
And then we had Wahoo McDaniel defeating, I guess it was kind of like a gauntlet match because Tully Blanchard sent a whole bunch of guys in the ring to try and take out Wahoo McDaniel. Oh, that's interesting. Then in the next match, we had Kevin Sullivan accompanied by the Fallen Angel. And I'm sure you know who that is. Uh, yeah. And he defeated Love Garcia and Rudy Boy Gonzalez in 47 seconds. Oh, boy. And following that, we have an interview with Kevin Sullivan and Scott Casey. Oh, Lord. Next one, Ben, you're going to love this. The best of cage matches, and I will give you a preview right now. The first cage match on the list, Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Ted DiBiase from 1983, and a loser leaves town. Oh, cool. Can't wait for that. <laughs> so that's going to be next week. Uh, now we're going to move on to the final segment before we close up the show. We always play wrestling roulette. I play 21 tracks. Michael's has to has to guess which uh, whose theme it is, and that's how we close out the show for the week. Nope. So, Matt, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right, let's pull up the list here, and here is your first one. Actually, before we do that, let me 
get my notepad so we can keep I can keep track of uh, the scores. So we're gonna make a new one, a new note right there. Uh, behind the scenes clips of the inner workings <laughs> of the PNC Progressive Wrestling Podcast live on the air. We're trying to avoid playing the Jeopardy theme song so we don't get hit with a copyright strike. All right, Ben, are you ready, sir? Absolutely. All right, your first song is coming up right now. Kane. Kane. Uh, so so far one and oh. Yes, sir. All right. Next up. Bo Dallas, maybe. No. Yeah, I, I don't know. It is the Bret Hart tribute. Uh, you start the fire. Uh, let's if it's a tribute song, let's not count those. All right, so it's still one nothing. Yeah. God, I have I have no idea, but I'm gonna kick myself as soon as you say because it, it sounds so familiar. You want to take a guess or? No, I re- I really don't have any clue. It's the core. Oh my God, they were terrible. <laughs> 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 the only thing I liked about them was their their entrance name. Oh God. The so, core was terrible. So we are one and one. All right. Next one coming up. I don't know. This is War Horse's theme. Oh, boo. Where did you get that fucking guy's theme from? AEW. He actually has a theme. He only showed up one time. (laughs) I know. How does he have a theme? And you're going to count that against me on this game. Oh, my Lord. You are a swindler. No, actually, I'm not. I didn't even update the scores. So I'm not going to count that. Beautiful. Okay, now now we're being fair. All right, here we go. I, yeah, I don't know. This is WCW Natural Born Thrillers. Yeah, I, I, I'm not even 100% on hearing of that tag team. I'm not sure. Okay, so we are one one and two, but you're not doing bad. 
Next one up. Are you ready? Yep. Brood. The Brood. Well, since Gangrel the Brood, yep. Yeah. Here we go. Gene Snitsky. Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. It wasn't his fault. Yeah, well, if I had heard that, I would have known, but <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, but actually, they didn't uh, play it at the beginning. The, it was my fault thing. They didn't play it. No, no but I'm just saying, had that yeah. been in the scene, I, know, I yeah. yeah. Okay, here we go. Play it again. So, what, what, the raw roulette theme? What the hell? Good God. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Happy Corbin. Oh, we're not even counting. <laughs> we're not even, We're just, just like Ruchu at the side that we're protesting, right? We're not counting that. Okay, we won't count that one. Okay, uh, I'm, then, I'm still two and three. God damn it! No, actually one and three. No, because no, I got the Gangrella theme and Canes, so I'm two and three. Oh yeah, oh, hold on. I I up the one. You're two and three because I because there are a couple that we didn't count. That's what was uh, messing me up. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. Here's your next one. No, we're not going to count that. That's a total Divas theme. That's Eva, <laughs> Eva Marie out of my mind. Yeah, Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, my God. Um, play it one more time. Sorry? Play it one more time. One more time? Is that Apollo Cruz? No. Huh. Sounded like it. What was it? Nikki A.S.H. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Do we really? Oh, God. Oh, now you got me thinking about Nikki A.S.H. and how far she's fallen for Nikki Cross. Okay, two and four. Wait, yeah. Two and four, okay. Our next one. Come on, Ben. No, that's the Jericho Cruise theme. Doesn't count. Yeah, okay. Next. Uh, just to hazard a guess, Chris Masters? 
No, that's a good guess, though, but no. All right, who was it? Dean Malenko. Oh, my God. Damn, what are you doing? You're two and five. Um, yeah, I'm embarrassed by that. Holy right. shit. Okay, here we go, next one. Gold dust? Gold dust. Three and five, you're catching up. Cool. All right. Is that Malachi Black? Nope. I don't know. You mean you want to play it again? No, that's all right. Damien Priest. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that one hurts. <laughs> oh, shot to the heart. No, you know what? I'm not going to count this because this is off of Elias's uh, CD, Walk with Elias. This doesn't count. Alright, so three and six. Uh, two and seven. Wait, which no. three? Why would you get now? I guess three and six. What was the third one? Um, it was uh, Gold Dust. Oh, okay. oh, it's three. Three and seven. Wait, three and seven or three and six? Three and six. Yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna count Elias's. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> that. Okay, here we go. Here's the next one. Really underused talent. Uh, died when he was my age. Rest in peace, Test. Test. Four and six. Doing well. You're catching up, though. You are, you're catching up. Indeed. Here we go. Biscuits and gravy. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really want to guess? Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. Because I'm so sorry, because you're, you're going to be at my next show for Elite Pro Wrestling Alliance. Luke Gallows, a.k.a. Festus, and Jesse. That was a terrible uh, team. That was so bad. <laughs> well, that, that's because... That's because they were set up to fail. Yeah. All right, next up... No, that's the Saturday Morning Slam theme. We're not going to play that. Alright. That's an NXT UK theme. Okay, here we go. Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode. How far he has fallen, my God. 
Actually, no, you know what? It's not Bobby Roode. It's Robert Roode. No, you're right. It's Bobby Roode. I'm joking. I just had to do that. Yeah. I was just going to say it still counts. All right. So you are tied six and six. Absolutely. Let's see if you can break it. Not with that one. Uh, Diesel, maybe? No. It is a... It's a female. WCW theme. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have any clue. That is Mona. I've never even heard of her. I don't... I have no idea who that is. Are you serious? I have... I'm not even kidding you. Dude, dude, she was in WWE as Molly Holly. What? She was in WWE as Molly Hall. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really sorry, Molly, but I have no recollection of you in WCW whatsoever. She, she wasn't very good. It's kind of hard to wrestle in a evening gown. Well, like, uh, like a, not like a regular email, like a Miss America type. Uh. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. All right, next up. The Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns. Yeah, Roman Reigns. There you go. And you're back. It's 14 tracks, and you are... 7 and 7. Yep. All right, next up. No idea. That is the Magnificent Morocco. Never even heard the theme. I know who the guy is, but never even heard the theme. That is, uh, I guess, Jesus Christ Superstar. What? Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's actually a movie. From 1973. Oh, okay. All right, seven and eight next. Tatanka. Tatanka. <laughs> eight and eight. You're. We we have gone through sixteen tracks so far. Okay, four more. No, five yeah. more. Five more. Yep. Yep. Five more. I don't know if we should count that. I don't think so. My guess would be seven. No, it's an AEW theme. Who was it? Great Muda. No, no, because he was only there once, I think. Yeah, he was only there for like, oh, wait, when was he? I remember seeing him in ROH. Oh, no, he was there. He was in that battle royale, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah, that was only one time. Okay, that, that won't count that. 
No, we won't count this. This is the WWE Originals. No one would, I wouldn't even guess that. Be able to guess that. Okay, let's try this one. Play it again. Is that Undertaker? Like an Undertaker theme? No. I'm going to kick myself. Because that sounds really familiar. Who is it? Sting. Oh, that was the WWE Sting theme. No, AEW. You know, that doesn't surprise me that I didn't catch that. Because I can never hear the opening riffs over the snowfall. I know, right? And... That snowfall's kind of getting old. Yeah. They should really change it up. All right, what do we got next? No, we shouldn't. Uh, that's a, a, a Diamante theme, AEW theme. All right, here we go. Oh, my God. Where did you pull Heidenreichs up at? Good God. Is that your answer, Heidenreich? Yeah. You know what? I don't even know because it doesn't even say here. I gotta look this up. No, I know for a fact that that's Heidenreich. Because it matches, it matches perfectly with how he swung his arm. Alright, we'll be right back. Alright, we're back. I just had to go and look something up because, Ben, I can't believe that was Hyden right. I can't believe you, you got that because he, I don't even remember him ever using that. Yeah, I, I, always, I always recognize that because they timed it perfectly with the swing of his arm. You know how now, he used to do that stupid now, thing? Now, Heinrich, wasn't he around in 2005 or something? Yeah, 2004 and 2005. But this one is from 2003. Well, he might have come in at the end of 2003. Okay, all right. So you're 99. Here we go. Next one up. No, that doesn't count. It's a ECW thing. That I don't even know whose it is, and I don't even care to look it up. <laughs> You really want to guess? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so difficult. Um, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, you are ten to nine. Ben, you got two more. Yeah, we have two more songs. Yep. Oh my God. Santino Morella. Santino Morella. I tried to get him on the show, and the guy, the guy never got back to me. 
course. It's oh, best. for wrestling POV? I tried. He wouldn't. I, that's why I'm like, I message guys, but sometimes some of them don't answer. They see the message, they just don't reply. Alright, here we go. You're at 9 and 11. Yeah, one more. Yeah, 11 and 9. Yeah, 11 and 9. I just uh, switched it the other way around. But, uh, yeah, 11 and 9, uh, one more. No, that doesn't count. That's ECW. I ain't the lady to mess with. Oh my god. Uh, Michelle Nicole. No. Or no, then, then it's gotta be Layla. No. What? I'm pretty sure. Because they, they used it when they were Lay Cool. I'm positive. It is Victoria. Oh, actually, yeah, but I. That makes sense. that makes sense, but give me that one thing out because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they double used that. Oh, okay. I'm 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 not just bullshitting. I'm I'm because I remember all three of them, but it's, it's weird. Okay, all right. So still eleven and nine. Here we go. <laughs> Best I've ever done on one of these motherfuckers. <laughs> Uh, you didn't let it play. That's one of my favorite themes of all time. They gotta bring this one back for Drew McIntyre. Broken Dreams. I love this song. Broken Dream. <laughs> ben. Yep. You you win 12 and 9 this week. Well done. Cool. Alright. So we see bring this week's show to a close. Very good. Alright, fans. Uh, before we go, I should uh, I should let fans know that we are back, and by we I mean my other show. It is a real quarantine show this time. We are. It is just us, myself, the Legend of the Lone Wolf. Wednesdays and Sundays. Wednesdays we have the new episodes. Sundays we have the archived episodes. We just dropped uh, the new one this week, where we talk Rock and Wrestling Connection, joined by original Glow Girls Roxy Astor and Patricia Summerlin, Ben of the Sunny the California Doll. And so tonight will be uh, the our first archived episode where we discuss wrestling families. Ben, when they see wrestling families, what's the first one that comes to your mind? The hearts. Right, and that is one of the families that we will be talking about. And on that show, which we recorded last year, we were joined by former WF superstar Savio Vega. Cool. So look for that. And Ben, it was great hanging out with you. And uh, have a have a great week. Yeah, this was what this was one of our best shows. I think. I I told you we were gonna have fun tonight. This, yeah, this was a really good one. And, uh, Makes yeah, up for the crap that we had to watch this week. <laughs> oh, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, I thoroughly appreciate you taking the time to uh, listen to us because having to listen to 
uh, WWE television for the sake of this podcast on a weekly basis can get a little painful, but um, we do it because we love you, and uh, thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, for for Ben Pierce, he's Elio, we are the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, and we will see you back on our regularly scheduled time slot, thank Christ, Saturday nights at 8 o'clock. Yeah, Until so- then, see you later. All right, uh, fans, enjoy your week, and we'll talk to you all next Saturday night. Colossal, we come the